Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Monday, November 9th, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And over the next 10 weekdays, we're going to be dedicating short episodes to the schools in the top 10 of my top 25 and one rankings over at CBSSports.com. We're going to count them down. Today, the focus of the podcast is going to be the Wisconsin Badgers. I have them 10th in the CBS Sports Top 25 and 1. Norlander has them 8th in his 1-357 to preseason rankings. We're going to tell you what's to like and dislike with Greg Gard's team momentarily. But first, check this out. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Norlander, today the subject matter is Wisconsin. The Badgers went 21-10 and 10 overall, 14-6 and six in the Big Ten last season, shared the league title with Michigan State and Maryland. The top five scores from the end of the season roster are all back. Brevin Pritzel's the only person who mattered who isn't back. So this is an experienced and accomplished roster. How much do you like Wisconsin? Well, you gave a, you gave a tip-off on that with – We've got them both ranked here. I like them plenty. I think that they're good enough to win the Big Ten, and I think that they are good enough to be considered a Final Four contender. We start our you know top ten previews by touching on a Badgers team that I don't think in the offseason here has been given too much shine, and that's fine. It's been a long offseason. There's been plenty to talk about here. But I'm wondering if by the time we get to either the start of the season or the first week of the season, uh, Wisconsin's reference more as the Final Four contender that it that it absolutely should be, given uh, that it tied atop the league at the end of last season, brings back almost everyone of consequence, and this is a team that I think is built in a way that's different from most of the other teams that we're going to talk about in the top ten over the next uh, two weeks here, and that... And I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, um, but if not, I know I've brought it up before. I talked to Greg Gard in early October, I guess it was, and just kind of got to talking about his team and who's who's like who's your guy, who is the guy. You've got a lot of talent, but who's your best player, kind of deal. And um, he said, "I this I swear it's not a cop out here, but we we kind of don't have one. Like Micah Potter and Nate Reavers are both really really good as the top two guys." But he was insistent that because of Dimitri Trice's ability to shoot and his all-around game and Brad Davison's capacity for uh, tough play, clutch play, he obviously didn't bring up <laughs> he didn't bring up the nut punch. But regardless, uh, those four are all clustered together, and in any given night on any given game, they are Wisconsin's best player. So. Uh, 
I, I, t- I take guard at his word there. I kind of kind of agree with him just a little bit. But to me, uh, I'd go Nate 1 and then Micah 2. And as listeners will soon learn later this week, that's how we have them ordered in our top 101 players in college basketball. What's interesting about those two guys is that you know Micah Potter only played last season 17 and a half minutes per game. Like he averaged 10.1 points and 6.3 rebounds in 17.5 minutes per game. So his per minute stuff is great. But he doesn't play that much. He averaged um, 21 and a half minutes per game in Wisconsin's final four games, played 29 minutes in what ended up being the season finale at Indiana. So it picked up a little bit as the season went on. And you got to remember, he didn't play at all in the 2018-19 season. He was sitting out after a transfer from Ohio State. So perhaps it took him a little while to get the stamina required to play. But you got to think he's going to get more than 17 and a half minutes per game. He needs to, if they're going to be great, he needs to be on the court more than 17 and a half minutes a game. There's no doubt about that. He And I would expect his production in minutes to uh, swell significantly this season. And hell, maybe he winds up becoming uh, Wisconsin's best player here. The Badgers have been blessed in that um, over the past, you know, seven, eight years, they have had reliable, talented top 10 in the nation type of big men uh, or, or forwards and Frank Kaminsky, uh, Sam Decker, Ethan Hatt being the three most predominant of that. But, but they've, they've got just tremendous potential. I want to see if their, uh, if their efficiency can be all the more consistent. They both step out and shoot it from deep. Potter is 6'10", Reavers is 6'11". Uh, they combined to shoot um, over 143s last season. Uh, Reavers was a 34% three-point shooter, and Potter uh, 45% on 51 attempts there. So a, a lot of good gains there overall. And if the, this is the, again, this is the only team that even remotely qualifies for sleeper status in the context of the national title race. I, I, you know, As we record this podcast, the AP Top 25 poll has not been released yet. By the time you listen to it, you're going to have it out there. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how the media of college basketball regards this Wisconsin team heading into the season. You've had them placed highly. I had my 1-357 to published last week. It was placed highly there, so it should get a big bump. But I think that people aren't quite giving enough credit. I and This is at least my perception. Maybe you, maybe you disagree, Paris, but I just don't think that this team is given quite enough credit for, for its ceiling and how good it, it can actually be this season. No, that's fair, and I think it's rooted in a couple of things. Um, one, they don't have an obviously great player. Like you've mentioned, they've got very good players, but none of these guys were highly rated coming out of high school, and none of these guys have gone out and averaged 17 points per game or anything like that. Uh, The recruiting rankings you mentioned earlier, um, when we talk about Wisconsin, we probably won't talk about many others teams in the top 10 in the sense that uh, they don't have an obvious best player. Here's another thing that's, that's unique about this Wisconsin team. They've only got one consensus top 100 guy in their starting lineup. Like, Trice was ranked uh-huh. 333rd. Here's the starting lineup. Trice was ranked 333rd in the class of 2016. Davison, 108th in the class of 2017. Aleem Ford, 320th in the class of 2016. Nay Rivas, 66th in the class of 2017. He's the one top 100 guy. And Micah Potter, 243rd in the class of 2016. So, 
not really highly rated high school prospects, uh, not guys who project as obvious NBA players. So from a talent perspective, they don't they don't wow you, even if they were obviously a very good team down the stretch. But that's another thing. Um, it was just down the stretch when they were a very good team. They weren't good all season. You know, they they the first twenty one games, they were twelve and nine overall, five and five in the Big Ten. They had lost at Iowa on January 27th to drop them to, to 500 in the Big Ten. Two days later, Kobe King quits the team. And you think, okay, this is going the wrong way. Instead, the remaining guys really come together. They upset Michigan State. Then they go 9-1 and one after Kobe King quit the team, closed the season with eight consecutive wins. They would have been the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. But if you are skeptical of Wisconsin, Content. I think it's rooted in what I just described. They don't blow you away from an individual talent perspective. And this whole Wisconsin was really great Big Ten champion thing. It's, it's a relatively small sample size. It's 10 games where they were great. The other 21, they weren't really. Yeah, well... I think they're crusting in the right direction. And let's let's focus on Greg Gard real quick here. He's one one in fifty seven at Wisconsin. He when he got the job unexpectedly in the 2015-2016 season when Bo Ryan left abruptly, um, wound up finishing tied for third, made the sweet sixteen that season. Uh, that was the season I believe that they got knocked out at the buzzer by Chris Chios of Florida. I think that was twenty sixteen. Then twenty seventeen, tied for second, also made the sweet sixteen, and then Season three, when it's, you know, the Bo Ryan uh, influence is kind of withering away. They were sub-500, 15 and 18, 7-11 in the league. They finished ninth. But they've been able to bounce back. 2019, they make the tournament, but they lose. But they were 23 and 11 and were fourth best in the Big Ten. And then last season, although, of course, we had no tournament, they tied for first with a 14-6 record, 21 and 10, and have been able to keep up, you know, the famous Bo Ryan stat was that he always had Wisconsin finishing in the top four for the final, you know, 15 seasons of his career at Wisconsin. That's been the case with the exception of one year under guard so far. And this season's team, uh, the Big Tens, as we've mentioned on a previous podcast, going to be loaded. But Wisconsin, to me, right behind Illinois and just a, just a tick ahead of Iowa. Uh, it, it, for me, you've got Iowa higher up, so we'll talk about them on a later podcast. But regardless, this should be... Uh, you know, talked about as a top three team, three team in the league, and Guard has done well for himself. I put it in my capsule for the one to three fifty seven. I think coming off of twenty seventeen eighteen, and maybe with you know not quite enough success in twenty eighteen nineteen, Wisconsin fans just started to get a little. All right, are we going like are we going where we want to be going with Guard as our coach? I've never really wavered on this, and I maintain that uh, if you and I are still doing this podcast, you know, eight years from now. <laughs> Lord help us, but if we are, um, guard will still be the coach at Wisconsin. I, I I think this could very well be a situation that we don't have that's common in college basketball where you're going to look at Wisconsin and see this long Bo Ryan era, then this long Greg Gard era, and I don't think he'll ever win a national championship at Wisconsin. Maybe he'll be able to break through to a Final Four, but he's going to be the guy that's going to keep you in the top third of the Big Ten way, way more often than not, that's going to be good enough, and I think he's in there for the long haul. He's undeniably done a nice job. I mean, you're replacing a legend. Um, his first five seasons, it it would have been four in NCAA tournament appearances had we had an NCAA tournament last season, finished in the top four in the Big Ten in four of those five seasons. So is it as great as Bo Ryan? No, I guess not, but it's pretty, you'd take it. And if you wouldn't take it, then you've probably set your expectations for Bo Ryan's replacement 
uh, a little too high. I would say this. Um, and the same thing I said about Rick Barnes at Tennessee a couple of years ago when he won an SEC regular season title with a roster featuring zero top 100 recruits, a little bit like Wisconsin's roster for the most part right now. Right now, Listen, you clearly tapped into something. You uh, developed. The guys play well together. It fits the right way. Congrats. But it is not um, – a good plan in a league like the SEC to try to go out and and compete at the top of the conference with unheralded prospects when so many other schools in your league are going to get pros and are going to get, you know, five-star guys and four-star guys. I, I would say the same thing about Greg Gard right now. And by the way, Rick Barnes, after he won with Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams, then they go out and start getting the five-star guys. He At Tennessee, heading into this season, they got three five-stars on the roster. So they won an SEC regular season title a couple years ago with zero five-stars, with zero top 100 recruits. Now Tennessee has three five-star guys on the roster. It's why they are preseason top 15, according to most. Same thing with Wisconsin. It is awesome what you did last season with mostly unheralded guys. It is awesome what it appears this team is capable of, mostly unheralded guys, but I wouldn't keep trying to win with guys ranked 300th, 200th, 175th in the country in a league like the Big Ten. It's very, very tough. And the other thing working against them right now, and I you know, listen, I'm not in the state, so maybe it doesn't resonate as much in the state of Wisconsin as it does outside of the state of Wisconsin, but when you have somebody like Tyler Hero do what he did in the bubble for the Miami Heat, go one and done at Kentucky after nobody thought he was a one and done player. And then when he talks about it, people say, yeah, I told him not to go to Wisconsin because he would have never been able to show what he can do. Like that narrative exists on some level with prospects right now. If you are super talented in the state of Wisconsin, don't go to Wisconsin because you won't be able to play the style of basketball that allows you to flourish. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's something that people say. And that obviously makes recruiting at the highest level more difficult, or at least it, it, it presumably makes recruiting at the highest level more difficult than it otherwise would be. Yeah, and I don't know how many. Um, I don't have the page up in front of me. I'm not sure in the class of 21 and 20, and more specifically, importantly, 22. Um, how many top 100 level, top 150 level players are going to be coming out of Wisconsin? But your your commentary on Wisconsin needing to just try and inch up those recruiting rankings in the, in the big picture is probably accurate. I mean, if if otherwise, guards just going to have to become. If he's going to keep Wisconsin going at the rate that it was under Bo Ryan, like Bo Ryan was operating like a top 15 coach in college basketball, basically, and guard's going to have to be able to do that. That's just super hard to do. So you're going to have to try and get some wins on the recruiting trail, see if they can do it. Obviously, winning uh, winning helps a lot, and if Wisconsin can walk in and be a top 10 team as we expect them to be, you're going to find some gains there, even though there are some undeniable disadvantages that uh, – that the program recruits against it's 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 different from just a, a quick analogy here like Wisconsin football has become a top three destination for offensive linemen so if you like Wisconsin football you're always going to be in the Big Ten conversation from a football standpoint because if you've got big uglies who can block up on the front line for you on the O-line then you're going to always give yourself some level of chance even if you're not going to ever get you know a top 15 wide receiver, a top 20 quarterback. Uh, it's because the O-line's so good that it can produce a Jonathan Taylor, who's now a starting running back with the Indianapolis Colts. Basketball doesn't quite work like that. And so Wisconsin, while it relies on um, just becoming this absolute destination for offensive linemen in football, 
basketball is just not the same. In fact, in weird ways, it works against the program because it has a certain type of system, and guys that are top 25, top 30-level prospects know that if they go and play at Wisconsin, if they're going to want to get uh, really, really good numbers, um, they're going to have to overcome the kind of system that they're going into. I think Dimitri Trice is a wonderful example. He averaged 9.8 points last season, 4 points, 2 assists, 4.0 rebounds. I, th- I think Trice is a wonderful player. I think that he is entirely capable of of bumping that average up uh, to something even higher. Uh, but I just don't know if the if the if the system itself is going to allow itself to have a guy here average 17, 18, 20 points a game, unless you've got a player of the year like Kaminsky, and they don't have one here. I just I don't I don't see that being the case there. So uh, I'm intrigued to see with all one more thing though uh, from a team note GP. I'm intrigued to see what happens with that, but it also is working in this regard. Wisconsin was the best and most opportunistic three-point shooting team in the Big Ten last season. Like, it doesn't take a lot of twos, but it does take a lot of threes. It averaged 8.9 made threes per game in league play. That was number one in the conference last season. And in terms of its overall three-point attempts versus two-point attempts, it it ranked in the top 50 nationally from three. And in two-point attempts, it was 335th. So it's weird in that this is actually a team more inclined to want to shoot from beyond the arc than I think it's given credit for. We'll see if that trend continues this season. And if it does, and you tell me that they're going to shoot well and shoot often from three combined with all the guys they have returning, then I've got all the more belief that this is going to be a top 10 team. With Trice, uh, some statistical stuff with him. Shot 38% from three last season, but he's kind of a streaky shooter. Like He takes roughly five three-pointers per game. He'll make four straight and then miss seven straight, and then make four or five, and then miss eight straight. So a little bit of a streaky shooter, but you know we talk about you know Wisconsin closing strong last season, nine and one in those final ten games. Well, in those final ten games, he had fifty-seven assists, only seventeen turnovers. He was really, really good. Arguably the most important piece to what they were doing down the stretch. I guess I'd leave it here and ask you one final question. Um, the way we describe Wisconsin from a bullet point perspective is uh, nine and one final 10 games, uh, co-Big Ten champs would have been the number one seed in, in the Big Ten tournament. That, that's all true. They were also fourth in the Big Ten at Kenpa, 22nd in the country behind Michigan State, Maryland, and Ohio State. So the question becomes, can, can – the same group of guys, none of whom project as obvious NBA players, really take that leap from very good team to elite national title contender without adding any impactful pieces. I don't know the answer to that. I, I mean, I clearly, I clearly have them in the top ten. That's why we're talking about them today. But I'm, you know, if we look up in February and they are, you know, a borderline top four team in the Big Ten hovering around the top 25, that that won't be the biggest surprise to me either. I think they're going to. Reavers, Potter uh, being even more impactful, particularly Potter there, uh, I, I think that's going to be the case. They're going to have one of the most experienced and, and veteran teams in college basketball. And so because of that, Michigan State, I expect to take a little bit of a step back there. They're going to move up. You said they were 22nd last season. Uh, they finished 22nd in Ked Palm. Just a real quick, let's just, you know, the teams ahead of them, Texas Tech. Oh, oh by the way, I should correct myself. They finished fifth in Ken Palm in the Big Ten behind, behind Michigan State, State Maryland, uh, Ohio State, and even Michigan. Yeah. 
real quick. Texas Tech, they were behind at 21. They'll get better. Seton Hall, definitely going to drop. Arizona, easily going to drop. Villanova bumps up. Oregon, I will argue, is going to definitely drop. Michigan, we're not going to have a podcast dedicated to them. Michigan is super intriguing to me. I did not have them in my top 30. I just want to see how it all comes together. But I, the Wolverines are are could be a very fun, fascinating team. But I'm a little bit of a seller in the big picture. They're going to drop Florida State. <laughs> Florida State fans have found me, and they're furious. I don't have Florida State in the top 30, but they are going to drop there. Houston, we still like pretty high. BYU, definitely going to drop. Uh, Maryland, big-time step back. Ohio State, big-time step back. San Diego State off that undefeated season, big-time step back. Dayton loses OB top and big-time step back. So I think there's enough teams that are going to drop. I think we are – maybe we're uh, a bit more bullish on Wisconsin than some, but uh, – but I like having them in the top 10. It's, it's, it's a good little change of pace versus recent history here. And, and given how much they have returning versus everyone else that's kind of cramming for that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 spot, I think it's validated. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF and Teagle legend. Shouts to Larnell. And thank you guys once again listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the right smack dab in the middle of the most idiotic pandemic of my lifetime. I appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed yet, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and we will talk to you again real soon by real soon. I mean, on Tuesday, when we uh, turn our attention to the ninth-ranked Creighton Blue Jays. Till then, take care.